Wow, what beautiful words and what a beautiful way in which you have offered those up. Uh, hey, if you've been encouraged by being here already this morning, would you just go, woohoo? Uh, you know, grace is an awesome thing. Grace is an awesome thing because it allows us to have relationships that we normally would not have. You get that, right? First and foremost, it allows us to have a relationship with God that without grace, we could not experience. We could not enjoy. We would not have the benefits of. Paul would write to the church in Rome and he would say, you know what? There was a time when you were enemies of God. You were at war with God. But then he would start talking about the sacrifice of Jesus. And he would start talking about how that through that sacrifice... We are no longer God's enemies, but now we are friends. We are the family. We are the very children of God. And it's all because of grace. And without that grace, we don't have that relationship. And guess what? Without grace, you don't have the relationship with the people in this room. Because let's just be honest, we've got some really weird people in here today. And if it's not you, well, it's the person that you're sitting beside, right? That's who it is. We've got some, just some weird people. We all have quirks and we all have differences. There are some things that we like. There are things that we don't like. God made us all unique. But that uniqueness is what oftentimes causes us problems because we rub each other the wrong way. But because of grace, because of grace, you and I are able to have relationship with one another because we have learned that with the love that God has poured out on us, and with the way he deals with our difficulties, with the way he deals with our uniqueness, that we also can deal with one another in the very same way. And the love that he has given to us, we then share with one another so that then you and I and the people who are all around us, we can be in relationship with one another. And it's all because of grace. And so I want to give a shout out to a few people this morning. We talk about having, having rock stars and I'm so glad we're able to recognize the Garners and the uh, anniversary that they have celebrated. I want to recognize some other rock stars who have uh, been serving us recently. Uh, how many of you guys and gals have been out in the parking lot at some time or another and you've been spinning signs and you've been waving and you've been directing traffic? If you've been any of our parking people, just stand up for a minute. If you've been one of our parking guys or gals, just go ahead and stand up wherever you are. Awesome. Thank you very much for you guys. Thank you. Have a seat. If any of our front porch, front, front porch, that's hard to say, front porch greeters. How many of you have been front porch greeters? I want you guys just to stand up for a minute if you've been a front porch greeter. Go ahead. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you very much. How many of you guys have been handing out mints or church um, bulletins or glory, praise, and honor? How many of you guys have been opening doors? Any of those people who are in here? Just stand up where you are if you've been doing some of that. Awesome. Thank you very much. And um, if your name is Amy Marcus, would you please stand up for a minute? Where, where, go Amy Marcus is down here in the front. Amy is our connections coordinator and she is responsible for making sure that all of those parking people are there and, and making sure that people are on the front steps and people are in the lobby. And, and, and here's why all that's important. And it's because of grace. And I want you to understand something. Uh, you know, we know that you can park places. Most of you have been parking for a long time. 
Some of you can park better than others. Let's just be honest though about that. Uh, But we don't have people in the parking lot just so that we can direct traffic. We have people in the parking lot so when you pull in, you understand this church is expecting people to show up. This church is expecting people to be here. This church has planned and has put something in place so that when I come and I turn into that parking lot, there are already people here ready to say hello because they have expected that something is going to happen in this place. And the reason that we have people that are standing out on the steps is because we don't just want people to find a parking place here. We want people to find a home here. And so we want you to be greeted and we want you to be told hello and we want to say good morning and we want to say God bless you and we want to be able to extend a hand and say I don't think we've met before. Where are you from? And it's all because of grace. Because we understand, you know what, a lot of times churches, everything kind of revolves around the lesson. And it's like everything's moving towards the lesson. And what's the preacher going to talk about today? We understand something here at East Brainerd. The lesson starts in the parking lot. The lesson starts in the parking lot. That's where people are learning about the grace of God. Because they understand, you know what? They had to get up kind of early to get here. Right? And yet they show up and there's already people here. And there's already people excited. And there's people out on the steps saying, we're so glad you're here. And then you walk into our lobby and we've got other individuals who are there again wanting to know you. Hey, can I get a cup of coffee for you? Let's share a donut together. Let's have a time of conversation. And if you haven't been able to get here yet at 8.30 in order to enjoy being able to meet other individuals and be able to rub shoulders with people that you are different than and people that you are like, we want you to be here at 8.30 to be able to experience that. And we do all of it because of grace. It's because of grace. Because we truly believe that the grace of God changes everything. And because we believe that, we want to go the extra mile whenever it is that we are together to make sure that everyone knows something special is happening here. Father, thank you so much for bringing us together this morning. And there were some of us that didn't want to come. And there were some of us that could not wait to be here. And there's some of us that's been a long time. And some of us who were here every time the doors are open. And there's some of us who have come here with heavy hearts. And there's some of us who are filled with joy. Father, some of us are here wondering if you're listening to this prayer right now. And some have been praying nonstop since their feet hit the floor. We're all different. We have all lived different lives in your presence this week, experiencing so many different things. And there have been times where we have pleased you in our thoughts and our actions with our motives. And there have been times where we have let you down in the way that we have lived out our life, in the way that we have reacted. And yet, you have drawn us here today because of grace. And so my prayer is that the grace that you lavish upon us in Christ, that we will know it today more fully 
in that we will hold to the relationship that it brings with you and with others who believe and that we will be motivated to live and die because of grace. It's in the name of your son that we pray together. Amen. Ephesians chapter 1 is going to be the text where we're just going to hang out for a little bit this morning. And when I say a little bit, I truly do hopefully mean a little bit. And I know preachers lie a lot. I get that. Uh, They do. I know. People say, hey, you know, you should be able to trust a preacher. And then he gets up and says, hey, we're just going to talk about this for a few minutes. And then an hour later, you know, you're still talking about it. Uh, But I really do just want to uh, spend a few minutes because... Like I said, we're glad that you're here. And we don't always take time to be able just to share with one another and to talk and to get to know one another. And so I just want to spend a few minutes going through this particular passage, talking a little bit more about grace with you. And and then I just want us to be able to have some time before our Bible classes begin where we're able to just mill around and talk with one another and and rub shoulders and just enjoy, enjoy one another's company. So go with me to Ephesians Ephesians chapter, chapter 1, verse 8. It says, With all wisdom and understanding, he made known to us the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in Christ, to be put into effect when the times reached their fulfillment, and to bring to unity all things in heaven and on earth under Christ. There's a couple of things I want us to look at here as we, as we, talk, about, um, as we talk about this. Uh, you, you see here in this particular text where it says that he's going to bring unity to all things. Uh, you see that part it says all things? Do you know in Greek, you know what the word that's translated there, all things, mean? It means all things. Isn't that cool? Yeah. I know sometimes preachers say, and I'm about to do that here in a minute, hey, the Greek really means, you know, and it really sounds impressive. But... All things means all things here. And and it's really important. So important that I want you to take out your glory, praise, and honor. And on the front, you have just a big blank space there. And I want you to write in big letters, all things. All right? I want you to write all things down in that big blank space. Because all things here, as Paul is writing, means all things. It's a little word called pause and... It just includes everything. And according to Paul here in this particular passage, God is doing something through Christ. And that something involves all things because it brings God pleasure. Now, I don't know if you've ever thought about God as a pleasure seeker. But God is, God is a God that seeks joy and that seeks fulfillment And that seeks pleasure. And there are some things that make God happy. And Paul says, look, I'm going to write to you here about something that really makes God smile. This is something that brings pleasure to God. And it's happening through Christ. And it involves all things. Now here's where we get in the weeds for just a minute. You see where it says to bring unity? Now that is this really cool word that I want you to use in Scrabble next time you play. Now here it is. I'm going to put it up here on the screen. All right, you got that? That's going to be your Scrabble word. Anakafali Amahi. And I also say that with me. Anakafali Amahi. 
Now I know it sounds Hawaiian, but it's Greek, all right? And it's a word that, as you see, means to fully sum up. It was used in ancient times to talk about putting together a list of numbers and adding those numbers up. Sometimes the word is translated as recapitulate. Now, we don't use that word very often anymore. In fact, I remember the first time I ever heard that word. I was a college student at Auburn sitting in a young adult Bible class. One of the elders, Mr. Van Pruitt, was there teaching the class. And he walked in one Sunday morning and he said, Students, because that's how we talked, I want to recapitulate to you this morning what we have been discussing this quarter. And of course, as he said that, you know, spit goes flying because you can't say recapitulate without stuff coming out. And all the college students begin to laugh and, and, and giggle because we're like, what in the world is recapitulate? Actually, if you Google the word, you can find out the usage. And it shows how during the 1800s, man, it had this high usage. And ever since then, it's just been going down, down, down. For good reason, I think. But recapitulate means that you are going to restate, that you are going to sum up, that you are going to retell. You see, there is a story that is being told in a certain way, from a certain perspective, and through a certain lens. But when you retell it, when you recapitulate it, you you go back and you hit those high points, but oftentimes you will tell it in a way that will have a deeper meaning, that will bring out some, some nuance that you did not share before. It's kind of like when you retell a story and you don't remove all the little nasty bits and pieces or the unfortunate events, you include them, but when you retell it, it has a totally different light. And you can actually then tell it and laugh even though in the midst of the actual story, it was not something that brought you a lot of joy. Case in point, a few years back, uh, we had taken the kids to Orlando and had hit Disney. We were on our way out of town. And I thought, you know, when I was a kid and went to, went to Orlando, I can remember my mom and dad taking me to SeaWorld. And I thought, SeaWorld is here close by. And I told Tanya, I said, you know, while we're here, Let's just run over and we'll just spend an afternoon at, at SeaWorld and let the kids see Shamu. I mean, that's going, to be a, that's going to be a big deal, literally. And so we go, we find SeaWorld and we show up and we start looking at all the different things. And the kids were too small to ride most of the rides. But we got to pet the stingrays and hope that Micah didn't fall into the stingray, you know, pool. And we, we, we did all of those little animal kind of things. And then we found on the brochure when the Shamu show was going to be taking place. And so we make our way to the, the Shamu show and it was going to be this, this great event. And I could remember being a kid the first time that I ever saw that killer whale as it leaped up out of the water and came down and splash. And it was just this awesome thing. I'm like, I'm going to get to share this moment with my children. This is going to be one of those moments that, that they are going to look back on just as I do and think, you know what? When I was young, my parents took me to SeaWorld and we saw the Shamu show and, and we got to be with Shamu. We arrive at the location for the show and, and Tanya decides that she would like to set up kind of high away from the tank. 
Now you know that the closer that you get to the tank, you begin to find these signs that say, warning, splash zone, you will get what? Wet. Right. Well, she said, you know, I think I'm just going to sit up here. And I was like, no, no, no. We need to go down to the front. We need to go get the full experience of Shamu. Because you can see better. And yeah, everybody's got to get splashed by Shamu, right? And so she said, no, I'm just going to stay up here. If you want to take the kids and go on down there, that's fine. I'm like, great father, daughter, father, son moment. And so we proceed to walk down and, and we couldn't get to the very front because all the other families, of course, were already down there. And, and so we go, we're like on row number three and, and we sit down and, and Emily looks at me and she goes, Dad, why isn't mommy sitting with us? Well, I said, well, well mommy wants to sit up higher. She thinks she can see better from up there. You know, mommy's getting a little older and her eyes, you know, and she wants to be able... No, I said, mommy's setting up up there because she doesn't want to get wet. Daddy, are we going to get wet? <laughs> oh, yes, sweetheart, we're, we're going to get, we're going to get wet. Shamu's going to come and, you know, water's going to come out and it's going to be, it's going to be awesome. Daddy, I don't want to get wet. <laughs> well, no, no, no. It, if, if you want to see Shamu, you're going to have to get wet. Mommy's going to see Shamu and Mommy isn't going to get wet. I want to go sit with Mommy. No, no, no. You're not going to go sit with Mommy because Mommy, there's already a bunch of people up with Mommy and we've got our seats and, and everything's going to be good and Shamu's going to come out and up and psh, psh, you know, it's going to be awesome. You're going, to, you're going to love it. About that time, the the nice little director of the Shamu show comes out and begins to talk about what's going to take place. And, and, and then she reminds people, now if you're sitting in this section over here, you are going to get wet. Daddy, I do not want to get wet. I want to go sit with mommy. No, you don't want to go sit with mommy. You want to be here. And then about this time, little brother has decided, you know what? If sister doesn't want to get wet, dad, I don't want to get wet neither. We're all going to get wet, okay? We're all going to get wet, and we're going to sit here, and it's going to be awesome. And, and look, look now. Look, there's one of the little bitty whales coming out. Look, kids, look over there. I don't want to get wet. I don't want to. We're going to get wet. It's going to be fine. I don't want to get wet. Get up out of the floor. It's going to be fine. <laughs> Emily had crawled underneath her seat. She crawled underneath her seat. I'm trying to get her out from underneath the seat while Micah is going, why is sister in the floor? Why is sister in the floor? I don't know why sister is in the floor, but you just keep looking at the little whale. There comes the little whale. Just watch it. It's going to be awesome. Emily, get up out of the floor. Get up from underneath your seat. The music begins to build. I have missed the entire show so far. Because I have one child underneath a seat and I have another child that's asking why they can't get under a seat and why they can't go be with mommy. The music builds. Finally, the moment comes. Shamu, the one that I have waited for, the Shamu of my childhood, this moment that I'm going to share with my children. Here comes Shamu. Now up until this time, all the little whales had come out and they kind of went, whoops, whoops. 
you know, not, not, not a lot of water has come out. And I've been trying to tell him, look, see, it's not that bad. The water's not coming out that much. You might not even get wet at all. Come on and, and get up. I, I end up, I'm picking her up. I'm holding my child as she is screaming at this moment. I don't want to get wet. Here comes Shamu. <laughs> Water goes everywhere. <laughs> Did you know it's salt water, by the way? <laughs> Did you know that? Because apparently just getting wet with regular water isn't bad enough. Getting wet with salt water when you are screaming at the top of your lungs and your eyes are wide open is not the best for a young child. Now I'm holding this wet rat looking thing that has salt water in her eyes, salt water in her mouth, and she's spitting like, I want Bobby! And everybody around me is going, dad of the year, right there. Dad of, dad of the year. The show ends, I take both children by the hand, we walk up the steps, we meet Tanya outside of the show. I say, here are your children. <laughs> you take them. Because you did this. Because you refused to come down. And you watched the whole time all of this happen. And of course then later, guess what they wanted to buy? I want a stuffed Shamu. No. <laughs> well, why not? Well, you didn't watch Shamu in the first place. Why would you need a stuffed Shamu now? Daddy, are you? Yes, I am angry. <laughs> now, you say he must be exaggerating. No, I'm just recapitulating. <laughs> and laughing now. But at the moment, as I am trying to get my child out from underneath her seat, and as I am telling her brother, please do not leave and go find your mother. As I'm trying to enjoy the show and have this great moment with my children, I guarantee you I was not laughing. There was no laughter. And it was about that time I began to take blood pressure medicine, I'm pretty sure. That was when... That was when it all began. I came back and I went to the doctor. I said, you've got to give me something. And they were like, what happened? I saw Shamu. I mean, that was, that was it. But you know, I tell it now and we laugh. I tell it now and we are able to relate because you've been there. Maybe not the Shamu show, but... You've been in other situations where you wanted to share something with your children and you had it pictured just right of how it was going to happen and then it just didn't work out that way. You've been there where you had certain things planned out with your life and where you were going to be and what you were going to be doing and how everything was going to work together and then it all fell apart. And now you tell the story, and as you tell it, you can't help but laugh. And you say, I have to laugh or I would cry. But you recapitulate it. You tell it again. And oftentimes, you tell it from a totally different perspective. Now go back to the verse for a minute. According to Paul, 
God is retelling everything. The world, guys, is fractured. I don't think I have to tell you that. The world is broken. And there are parts that are lying scattered all over the place. And you need to hear this. While that brings God pain, it brings him pleasure to bring it all back together again in unity in Christ. To recapitulate and tell the story anew. To sum it all up. To take those things that are good. To take those things that are bad. And to be able to put them all together. And bring them together in unity in Christ. All things. Paul says. All things. All of history. All of everything every human has ever done. Why, why does Paul use such an intentionally expansive word? A word that means all things. Why does he include heaven and earth? Why doesn't he just say, hey, let's put some boundaries on this. Why didn't he just say that God is going to bring together all religious things or, or Jewish things or all redeemed things or good things or the things that deserve it? Why is it so blatantly inclusive? He's just so clear and insistent that nothing is left out of all things. Nothing is left out as God is summing up, as God is retelling, as God is bringing the world together for his pleasure. In Acts chapter 3, we're told that until the time comes, or there's a time coming that God is going to restore everything. Paul's going to write to the Colossians in chapter 1 saying that God was pleased. And there's that word again. Through Jesus to reconcile all things. There's that word again. Whether things on earth or things in heaven. By making peace through his blood shed on the cross. And then here's Jesus in Matthew chapter 19. He says that the renewal of all things. Retelling. Restoring. Reconciling. Renewing. What is it that they're talking about? Guys, all means all. That's what God is in the process of doing. All means all. Poverty, all things. Abuse, all things. Racism, all things. Fractured relationships, all things. All things, all things, all things. God says... Or Paul goes, this is what God is doing for his pleasure. He's bringing all things together. And he's going to put them together under Christ. Where what was broken can be made whole. What has been fractured can be put back together again. That is what God is up to in this world. That is what he is now doing. And here's why it's important. Because your story can be retold. Your story can be retold. All the various things that have happened to you. All the things that you have done that you prefer to never think about again. All the embarrassing parts and the painful parts that you prefer nobody else know. All of these can be retold in such a way that even the worst parts become the most powerful, poignant times in your life. Where you're able to see God in his power and might working. And if it's possible then for your story to be retold. 
could it not be possible for the history of the world to be retold as well? You see, it's because of grace. It's because of grace that God in his wisdom said, I am going to Anna Kafali Amahi everything. I'm going to sum it all up. And I'm going to retell the story. But this time, I'm going to retell it through Christ. And it changes because of grace. You see, we started in verses 8. We looked at verses 8, 9, and 10. But I want us to conclude with verse 7. It says, in him we have redemption. The forgiveness of the sins. In accordance with the riches of God's grace that he lavished on us. Do you believe that? Do you believe that your story can be retold? The story where you have been the one hiding under the seat because you did not want to have to experience that next day at work. You didn't want to have to have that conversation with your wife. You did not want to have to sit down and talk with the kids. Can you be the one whose story is retold? When you've been the one who's been screaming out and saying, God, I don't want to get wet. I don't want to have to bury my spouse. I don't want to have to deal with this addiction. I don't want to have to go through this pain and this heartache and this hurt. And then when the waves sweep over you and you've got all that salt in your eyes and the tears and you're crying, do you believe that God can retell that story? Retell that story in a way through Christ where your past and your present and your future are all redeemed. And those that listen to the story are given hope for a future because they realize that because of what you have endured and what God did in your life, that they can experience the same thing in theirs. Do you believe that God can retell your story through grace? That he can sum it all up and put it all together. We began with this sign this month. And I asked how you would like to, to end this particular phrase. I ask you to think about what this means to you. Because of grace, what? Well, today, I want you to know that because of grace, you can tell your story. You can tell your story. And you can talk about the good and you can talk about the bad and you can talk about the pain and you can talk about the rejection and you can talk about how it is that you have lived over these last few years or what has gone on over the last few weeks or what you've experienced over the last 24 hours because of grace you don't have to be afraid to tell your story because God can tell it through Christ and so whenever we come together we welcome you from the parking lot to the pew 
because we believe that the grace of God is present. And we want to give you the opportunity to share your story. And so whenever we're together in situations like this, we sing to encourage one another and offer individuals the opportunity to come before this body and to say, here's my story. Here's my story. I've been following my own path. I've been doing my own thing. But I want to give my life over to God and experience the grace that he has to offer because I believe that he is the son of God. And I believe that my story can be retold. We want to give you the opportunity to share your story, the pain that you have dealt with, the heartache that you have, the tears that you have cried, to be able to come before this family and say, here's my story. Can I have prayers? Here's my story. Can I have hugs? Here's my story. Is there anybody that will listen? And because of grace, your story is all summed up in Christ. Maybe you need to come and share your story this morning as we stand and as we sing.